when I put this note about, oh, maybe we can talk about that later. Um, but if you didn't think later could be today, but it won't be today, actually. Some of the questions I left hanging in the air are going to stay hanging, I think. So this um, episode is going to be definitely heavier. Um, in this one, I actually probably would go ahead and put the disclaimer on it of trigger. I don't think I'll mark it as explicit, because uh, I'm not going to give any particularly gruesome details about anything. But in this episode, we are going to ask ourselves the question of, would you believe me if I told you about the darkest hours of my childhood? Loaded question, right? Loaded, grim. Um, the reason I didn't decide to call it, just like, why wouldn't you believe me if I told, would you believe me if I told you about my childhood? Um, because I'm not going to tell you about my whole childhood. Um, we're going to really focus on some of the darkest hours because, um, they're going to play into, um, what happened as I spiraled into mental health problems and addiction a little later. Um, because to answer questions about, um, things that fed into my addiction and things that kept me away from God and, you know, living a healthy life for so long, we need to get into the root of some of that trauma, at least a little bit. Um, emphasize the little. I do not uh, talk about this stuff a lot. I might not even talk about everything. Um, I'm just going to talk about some of the big hitters. Um, I didn't write myself a list because writing about this stuff is particularly hard for me. Um, I think one of the times we did it, we called it like the big, the big 12, which is probably like the big 15 now. I don't know. Um, just, like, some of the main events that I can remember that were, like, the worst or the hardest. Um, there was a lot of ongoing patterns of abuse and trauma in certain situations, but we're going to talk about the ones that were the worst. Um, because those are the ones that really still kind of stick sometimes, you know, the ones that do kind of get drudged up easily. Um, so we're going to dive into it now. Let's find out. Would you believe me if I told you about the darkest hours of my childhood? So I'm not saying that my life has been particularly horrible because, you know what? Honestly, as far as first world problems go, my life, not that bad. My life definitely could have been so much worse. And I know that. Even just in a first world standing, there are people in this country, people where I'm from, people... I'll bet even some of the kids that I crossed paths with in some of the places I had been, I know for sure some of the places I would send, like, who have had it? Bestizo. 
oof, die. <coughs> Sorry, guys. Um, who had it so much worse? Like, there's no doubt in my mind about that. But it doesn't change the fact of the brain kind of decides. And I don't think that they have totally figured out the science of why or what or who or when. But there are certain brains that really become almost in a sense, and I hate this word, that develop some defective tendencies in reaction to trauma. Um, Even just uh, any kind of abuse really any kind of emotional like separation any kind of developing attachment issues like I think that they can show a difference in your brain by the time of age like three or four um and there are people who can go through similar things who just don't always have that level of problem and impact as as far as I understand it but I think that it is a, it's like basically like a good rule of thumb, which rule of thumb, by the way, side note, if you didn't know what rule of thumb is, I should stop using this phrase. Rule of thumb, the phrase literally means, I think, once upon a time in the South, you could beat your wife with anything that wasn't thicker than your thumb. Like you couldn't be wider than your thumb. So maybe don't use that phrase anymore. I'm trying to, but I mean, it just works. It's like a p- parameter, right? Um, so let's just start from the beginning. Um, I was born in St. Paul. I think we covered that in like episode one, right? Um, my parents uh, met at a place called Job Corps. I don't think they have them all over the country, but they, I think, I think they do have similar programs outside of the state. Um, where young, well, I, I'm trying to think of the earliest age you can go there. I think you can go as soon as 16. So you can be sent there by your parents. I mean, you you have to agree to like participate in the program, but. They basically try to install, like, good ethics and work skills in you, and they try to help you find internships. I don't think they're super big on helping you get into college, but they do help you build connections and try to basically help reform you so that you can be a better functioning young adult by the time you turn 18. And if you're already 18, then I think you still have, like, a couple years where they can help you in a certain capacity. I'm not exactly sure how it works. And I'm not exactly sure why my mom ended up there, and I definitely am not sure why my dad ended up there. Um, neither of my biological parents, uh, I would say, we are not particularly close. Um, and we might get into some of that a little later, but uh, I'm not, uh, I mean, I know, I know my mother had had some problems with her stepmother. I know that she had had uh, at least one problem with a with a rather disturbed gentleman in a neighborhood where she had lived. And other than that, I do not know why she went there. I don't know what her plan was. I think she swears by it. She tried to get me to go there once. Um, but they do help you, and I, I just don't know why she decided to go. Um, same thing with my biological father. I have not seen or spoken to that man since I was probably eight years old. Um, so it's been like 20, no, not 20, 18 years. Um, he is a piece of work. Um, I only remember even seeing him, I think a total of maybe twice in my life. There was once that we had visited him after he'd gotten out of jail in Wisconsin. And then there was once where he had gotten out of jail again and came to live with us in Minnesota. Um, we'll talk about him a little bit more in a bit. Um, but what I know is that I was born, when I was born, let's see, she was 18 when she got pregnant with me. She was 18 when she had me. She turned 19 a couple months later. Um, 
I think my father was probably 19 and had just turned 20 before I was born. That could be right. That could be wrong. That could be right. Um, I think that supposedly he was around a bit when I was a baby, but I think he was gone by the time I was a year old. He was already gone. Uh, it might have even been sooner than that. It might have been a few months. I don't know. He's gone. Off to jail again. Um, he's a drug dealer. He was in and out for that for a long time. His crimes got worse as time progressed. His addiction just riddled his mind away, basically. Um, I'd say the earliest memories I have, I was probably four, maybe three, probably four. Um, and I remember that we were driving down this highway with one of her boyfriends, who apparently, allegedly, I did not like. There are a ton of stories about the things I did when he was around that proved that I did not like that man. Um, uh, and I remember being in this car, driving down the road, and I remember I opened my car door with the speeding car. I opened my car door, and I don't think I was afraid. I don't think I was afraid at all. I think I stared at it in basically hollow amusement as the world whizzed by. He reached his arm back and he shut the door, but I can remember that was the first time I felt different. And I know that's really weird to explain, but it's very true. Because it would turn out, within the next year, I would start showing signs of being unusually cool under pressure. And I think that still stands today most of the time. Where if something chaotic is happening, I am probably cool as a cucumber. I might even be the only one in the room who's very firm um, and fine. Not fine, really, because it's just basically a dissociated state, I suppose. So already by that age, my brain, as far as I can guess, I don't have brain scans. I don't have. I didn't have a psychological exam at that time. But I would go by that age, um, between places I had been balanced and whatever my issue was, with just behavior against my mother and her boyfriends, that I was not functioning right already by that age. Um, and right is not the right word. Um, I would just say that as far as a normal, happy, healthy child goes, I was not it. And I cannot speak to what it was before then that made that happen, but I can tell you a lot about whatever, about some things that happened after that, that will perpetuate the cycle. So in this age of four, because I think this car incident was before this, I don't know, it could be after this, but already I showed uh, really difficult gaps in socializing skills. Um, I don't know where that came from. I know that there is video evidence of me being very oppositional. Um, again, I don't know where that came from before this age because I do not remember that. Okay, so we're just going to start from my earliest memories. We're not going to speculate about what did or did not happen before that age because I don't know. And um, I know my biological mother well enough to know that she won't tell me. Um, so... Um, there was these preschools, and I think they had tried to put me into preschool a few different times, and it did not work. Uh, I don't remember getting kicked out of the first two, but as far as I know, I do remember, I think, getting kicked out of the third one, final one, or I don't know if it was only three that I got kicked out of, but I for sure remember one. Um, and I remember basically this kid who, like so many other kids, I think just didn't want to play with me, was not being nice to me, and my choice was to bite him. Or was it a hurt? Might have been a hurt. I usually have more problems with girls. I bit him. Whatever this kid was, I bit the kid. Bit the kid real hard. 
um, deliberate choice on the bite, too. I think I, like, literally grabbed this kid to bite him. I wanted to teach him a lesson. Guess I'm part animal. I don't know what happened there. It's kind of weird, kind of disturbing, but kids bite. That's a fact. So, whatever. I bit this kid. And then I remember I went and I ran. So at this point, I was already aware of right and wrong. I knew consequences were coming. And so I ran, bit this kid, and I took off. And I remember when I hid in the building under the nursery cribs, and eventually they found me, I got thrown out, etc. Whatever. Um, and after this point, and the reason I told you this prefacing into this point, is because now, at this juncture, um, uh, my mother's boyfriend of a longer term, not too long, I think they'd been on and off again, this one, for at least a, probably at least a couple of years, um, uh, I was so mean to him, he's a basketball player, you know how basketball players are about shoes, um, I apparently used to take out all his shoelaces, yeah, like, I was a piece of work, and I don't know where that came from, but it is what it is, um, so, uh, they finally broke up, and my mom admittedly, her decision was to go basically on a drinking bender for upwards of at least 10 months, almost a year. Um, and when she did that, there was no preschool to take care of me. Um, she left me, and she left me with her ex-boyfriend's mom. Left me. Um... As far as I know, they didn't bother trying to contact any other relatives. There was no point in trying to contact my biological father. He couldn't have done anything anyways, but they just left me. And this speaks to the relationship with my other relatives as well, because as far as I know, none of them made any effort to find out where I was. I don't even think they noticed I was gone. Um, nothing. They left me. All of them. Um, and I think that there's been times where I have really wondered about this whole situation with this because I can remember being left there. Um, and I can remember at one point a different babysitter uh, being asked to try to, you know, help, being, I think, even paid to try to help watch me some of the times. It's like, literally, you have all these other people involved and none of you at any point just thought to contact child services. Like, no one... No one decided, like, hey, maybe this kid that doesn't really seem like we want, like, maybe we should put her in foster care. Like, nothing. We just will keep this kid and keep bouncing her from place to place. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, and I probably shouldn't talk about myself in third person, but it does help get through talking about some of this stuff. Um, so at this point, I'm four. I'm getting closer to five. But I know for a fact I haven't started kindergarten yet because I know where I got sent next when it was time for kindergarten. Um, so... This lady is watching me, and there's some kind of... I don't know what happened. It was... It seemed like an okay place. It was better than the other place. At the other place, they, um... With that... That lady, that... Not really grandma, ex-boyfriend's mom... Also helped watch a lot of her grandchildren, I believe. Um... And as far as I can tell, there was only one of them who liked me. The rest of them, not so much. I could blame it on the classic, like, I'm very light-skinned, and that can be very difficult for some people of darker skin to be okay with, um, but I'm also not light enough to totally pass for white, so a lot of 
Lycans at the time also had a problem with that. Um, and then I had this whirlwind attitude, you guys. I was full of so much spunk. Um, and I was really smart, and I was also pretty mean. And when you put all of these factors together, like, I was basically a walking pariah. And where I wasn't a walking pariah and I was getting attention, I was probably just being bullied. Like, there was not a lot of in-betweens in my childhood. Um, and anytime I did make friends, um, usually they were not um, going to end up being good friends. Because you attract what you are, and at that younger age, even though I was young and couldn't help myself, I was not a good friend to have. I was not very nice. I was not very fun and it would later show out that some of the things that I was interested in doing were um, unacceptable and we'll get into that. Um, so I was not good company to keep and I usually didn't attract a good company either. Um, I remember one time at that not grandma's house there was um one time like a bunch of the kids from the neighborhood literally like chased me down and i think the only reason i got away from them is i climbed fast enough onto the dumpsters and then someone the other kids from around the block you know came in interrupted and broke it all up and there was this other time where i think we we're all in trouble and um there was this hole in the basement wall and I remember this so distinctly. There was this hole in the basement wall that they all went to hide in. But I I was too afraid to go with them. I didn't like the dark. I've never really liked unfinished basements. Um, it was dark. I'm not sure if there was rats, but I feel like there were. And, like, I, I didn't go in there, so I, I'm the only one who didn't hide. And I think I'm the only one who got in trouble that day with the adults. Everyone else was hiding. Um... So at some point, with all these problems I'm causing, or not causing, um, they added another babysitter in. Someone from, I think, just within a couple blocks away was asked to help at least watch me during the day, and then these people would watch me at night. And I don't think I made it there long. Um, there was an incident with, I'm not sure, again, exactly what happened with this incident. It's all kind of a blur. But... This lady and a man, I don't know if it was her husband or whatever, got into this fight. It wasn't physical. It was, at least that I remember, it was mostly screaming and yelling, but I don't know what. Could have been yelling about me, because that was kind of a tendency with all these adults that, for whatever reason, tried to take me on, but didn't want me and wouldn't just send me somewhere else. Like, I still, to this day, do not understand that logic. I mean, I do, but I don't. I but I don't regret it, I suppose, because eventually the way my life worked out, like, it needed to work out the way it worked out. All of these dominoes needed to happen the way they happened. I just still, as someone in an ethical position working with children and who's just kind of always had a sound moral compass in regards to certain things, not all things, right, but certain things, um, I just cannot fathom that. I can't. I can't fathom that. Um, and she, this lady was cutting hot dogs. And I swear, I do believe that she did this to herself. It was not the man. And I don't know if she was just in such a rage or if she was just having some kind of psychotic break. But the next thing she cut was not the hot dogs. The next thing she cut was, as far as I can gauge, a horrendous piece of one of her fingers. Um, and there was blood everywhere, I think. I don't know. At this point, my mind went kind of blank. 
And as far as the story goes, um, I autopiloted and I'm the one who called 911 at age four, got her the help she needed, um, and back to the other place I went. I think at some point my mother had showed up to start visiting at least, and maybe she'd been visiting the whole time and I just don't remember many of them. But um, this is the first official sign not only of me having that detached ability in a situation of, you know, traumatic grade stress, you know, adrenaline-based shutdown, basically. Um, this should be the next time I would show signs of basically being a sociopath, which, I mean, I'm not, there's definitely been some tendencies there that I had to work really hard on, but there was, um, they had one of the cats in the house just had some kittens. And this is horrible, guys. I mean, if you are easily triggered, do not listen to this episode. Please turn it off. There's these, this cat, and it had to, these kittens, I think. I'm not exactly sure how the whole situation played out. But I know that we were playing with the kittens, and one of the kids told me to just toss it because they land on their feet, right? And, I mean, they do, and it did. But um, the problem with this situation is I tossed it down a flight of stairs, now, thankfully, Kitten did land on all fours. Kitten was fine. But as someone who grew to be an avid lover of animals, I know how horrendously different that situation could have went. And I really wish, perhaps at that point, someone had caught a red flag and had decided to get me some kind of help. They did not. They just yelled at me for throwing a kitten, and then it was... It was done. It was never spoken of again. Which I guess is... It's not fine. I don't know if if any of you have siblings or you've done something like that to a cat. Like, it's it's not okay. It's just not. It's not okay. Um, now, if you're playing with the cat, I guess a little bit. And if it's like a couple feet and you're just massing around, okay, I guess. But something like that, something that extreme, this was like a long flight of like hardwood stairs... That's not okay. Um, so I move on. Uh, my mother, biological mother, took me out of this place. Um, and the place she sent me next was uh, actually the neighborhood she grew up in. So when she sent me there, there was kind of a splice of like three different things happening. And the timeline gets really blurry, guys. Really blurry. Because there was one place that kind of kept me solid and grounded there, right? And then there was two places that were full of unsavory things so I bounced between three places in this neighborhood um at least most nights my mother would at least come get me to take me home to sleep where she was living but there were plenty of nights where she did not she would let me sleep over these houses she was just not around guys um and she wouldn't kind of get any help or admit to some things that were going on with her until late in my teen years um but at this juncture my mother was having a really hard time she was un she was basically unfit to handle me um, and I think she somewhere deep down inside recognized that in herself and just did her best to pay other people to handle me instead. Um, one of the places I went was, um, her, her father and his wife, so her stepmom that she had had a ton of problems with when she was a teenager. I'm not sure about what the grade was, but for sure a huge factor in her leaving and eventually ending up in Job Corps and having me. That's the exact same place she sent me. Now, if that doesn't speak to the cycle of abuse, I don't know what does. 
I don't know what does. I love I love them, and I have done my best to forgive them for a lot of things, but why on earth would you send your kid intentionally to someone who abused you? That makes no sense. And let me just clarify on the, on the front end of this. Um, my grandfather is a, I would say, not reformed, but he was Catholic when he was younger. He had a lot of problems with his father. And then um, he has worked his way through, you know, different things and tried to focus himself more on being Christian and Christ-like and forgiving and loving. And he is not the man he was when my mom was little or my uncle. Um, he has definitely worked on his temper a lot. Um, but his wife, um, his second wife, not my biological grandma, my step-grandma, uh, who I just call Grams, um, she was involved in a car accident. And I'm telling you this not per se to defend them, but I think it's important to look at these cycles and look at these players in the game with an actual wholesome expect like perspective. Because it does matter and it does play into how I've been able to work on forgiveness with them and I've been able to build relationships with them that get rocky at times, but for the most part are far better than they were when I was a kid or even when I was a teenager. Honestly, probably even better than when I was a young adult. And I still am kind of young because I'm only 26, but you get the point, right? Like, I have worked really hard on my end to keep my side of the clean street, clean street, street clean, yep, um, and it has paid off. So, um, they, um, met, I don't know how they met, it might have been physical therapy, because he was in a car accident, um, which, um, there is a lot of speculation that he intentionally caused a car accident to... Um, with some suicidal intentions, but he survived it. It did damage his body a lot, though. He wasn't able to continue his baseball dreams. I think he had just been drafted to, I don't think it was the majors, but I think it was a team in Canada that might be the minors of some sort. I don't remember exactly the whole story. I don't ask him about it because I know it's sensitive. Um, but he really worked through a lot of pain slowly but surely. Um, work on that. And then I think, if I'm getting the math here right, um... His father committed suicide when my mom was very little, probably still a kid. I don't, I don't even know about that exact timeline there. Um, um, yeah, it was pretty brutal. Um, and these things all play into their state of mind and how they treated me. So that's why we're talking about that. Um, so we can get into these darkest hours of my life without you feeling like I want to start a hate mob against them. Because I don't. Um, I do not. Um, so he, throughout time, has worked on it. I think by the time I was born, his temper was a lot better. Um, it was certainly far better than his wife's. Um, because after her car accident, she actually lost all of her memory. Uh, this was before they had met, so she was still in the process of recovery and rehab, and she's had permanent damage in some ways on some other things. Um, and so she lost her memory. She had to relearn everything, speaking, listening, talking, eating, walking, all of it. Um, so automatically, that puts her, like, 20 years behind her, what should be her state of mind, I think. And then in addition, uh, no one explained it or gave me any of the science, but... The official ruling is that it also impacted her ability to process emotions. Um, so it severely stunted 
her temper, basically. Horrible temper. She could get mad at a hairbrush. Like, mad mad at said hairbrush. And, like, scream. Um, and she's not always like that. Honestly, I think most people that have interacted with her, at least in a minimal capacity, you would have no idea. She seems very nice and with it until she's very not with it. Um, and she can be very aggressive. She can be very mean. She can be violent. Um, and so that kind of is what it is. Um, so of course me, spitfire little punk kid, uh, it should be obvious that I did not appeal to her better side. I was not it. Um, and because she was a pretty stout religious before my grandfather even was, um, it wasn't just about the things she did or said. It wasn't just about the things she said. Fit, one of the words here. It wasn't just about the things that happened physically, but also just the things that were said that really hurt me spiritually, really hurt me mentally, really hurt me emotionally. Because now, at this point, this is my first time being with a woman, no other kids around, right? So this is probably the closest first feeling I'm going to have to like what it's like to actually be tended to by a mother. And unfortunately, it did not end well, and it went on for a few years before it reached a point where my mother could no longer ignore the amount of huge incidents that were happening. And by huge incidents, I mean having to worry about dealing with doctors and having to send me other places while dust could settle. And um, at one point, um, my grandfather had been homesick, which never happens. He's uh, pretty much healthy as an ox. He worked like his whole life. He's just starting to finally force himself to retire, and it's really hard. He's already tried to work again twice, I think, since he retired this time. Um, even after the first time he retired, he just got a new job and worked that job for, like, I don't know, 10 years. Who knows? He's a workhorse, right? He's built to work. Um, so him being home at all, really, was rare. And there was this morning that he was sick, and he had gotten up and made eggs. He was trying to do the traditional family recipe, which... I'm not going to, I'll tell you, it's not really a secret. It's just milk, um, butter, I don't even know if they all use butter, I use butter. It's just milk, eggs, cheese, you know, some seasonal salt, um, scramble them up, and they're delicious, right? Um, sometimes he adds a dash of, I don't remember if it's Worcestershire or vanilla, but this time he did not add a dash, and I think he was tired and did vanilla, and it was so much that the eggs turned brown and black. I remember this distinctly. And it was disgusting. But my step-grandmother was very offended by my unwillingness to eat it. And when I say it was disgusting, I mean I could not eat it. Um, and for days, every time it was mealtime, she would just take them back out. And I would still refuse to eat them. And then she would take them back up and take them back out. And finally, one time, she got so mad that it became physical, uh, and it was bad, and she hurt my hand, and it was, um, yeah. So that was the last, that might have been explicit, sorry. I don't feel like it was, because I didn't tell you what she did, so I don't feel like it counts as explicit, guys. I left that up to interpretation. Um, I said it was bad, all I specified was that she had hurt my hand, the end. Um, and after that, um, I had... Um, started just instead stealing my grandfather's change. Um, he's always collected change for different reasons. Not like hoarder level, but like he's always been a change man. Like change is money. He loves money, so he doesn't like 
rush to get rid of change, right? We'll save up his change for things. Save them in old pill bottles, right? And I would steal his change. I knew where his change was in his office. I'd go in and steal his change. And I'd walk myself down to the corner store and buy myself breakfast every day. Man, not meant every day, but it was most days. And I was like seven or eight. So my idea of breakfast was a zebra cake and one of those disgusting hostess pies things. Apple or cherry, depending on the day. I didn't even think I'd ever thought to buy myself water. I was seven. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and I don't know if the store owner eventually said something to him or if he just noticed the money that was missing because he's kind of loaded. But he's also kind of a penny pincher. So one of the two things happened. Either he didn't notice and the store owner did or he did notice. Either way, it finally came back to my mother. He was furious. Um, and even though that was what it was, I think that even though there was at one point someone had gotten involved um, and I think really tried to basically ream her out for keeping me there even though she knew that it was only logical and that this point was reported to her that I was being abused there she still kept me there I think until this money incident because then I think my grandfather was furious so I'm betting he didn't want me there anymore and I'm betting in tandem she did not want to deal with me causing trouble anymore so at that point at age eight she simply left me home alone she had moved to a different town um I had never even been to school there. I think I had met one of the neighbor kids who was not very nice. I had nothing and no one there, and she left me there alone. Um, and I fended for myself as best I could. Made myself breakfast, walked myself to school, did my homework, did my best. Um, eventually got involved in some sports. Um, I think that kind of eased her conscience a little bit to have me doing something productive and being somewhere. So she did usually fork up the money for it, just depending on whether or not she approved of what I wanted to do, which is fine. We're going to backpedal again back to that neighborhood that she had partially grown up in, because she did move a few times. It's not the only place she'd ever lived. Um, so in this neighborhood, another place that I was sent starting at five. So this is all in that five to eight window range. Which, by the way, your brain's formative years are age 0 to 8. That is when your brain gets locked in certain kinds of patterns that can cause permanent damage. That's when your brain has so many developing features that, like, at that point, you are stuck with certain things. And it takes extensive therapy to try to curve the problem if it can even be corrected at all. So five to eight, this other place I was in in this neighborhood. Um, uh, this one was my favorite. It was the best. Um, and I loved them. I learned to call the woman their grandma. And I learned to call a man that was around um, who she had also kind of taken in like a stray. He was a friend of her son. I learned to call him dad. Um, and between the two of them, even though they did some things that were, I don't know, just silly and part of the times and being just from a rough neighborhood, you know, like silly things like, uh, it wasn't always that silly to me, but I was a skate artist, right? I could get out in any car seat. It was really problem, right? Problem. I think by age three or four, they, I think they gave up. Um, and it just put me in a booster or something. Cause I would just take myself out of the car seat. I don't remember exactly how that story ended, but because I'm an escape artist, like they do things like, um, <laughs> have me practice getting out of duct tape. So they duct tape me to a chair and sure enough, I'd get out of it. Usually it would take a while, but I'd do it. Um, but, so that's just one of those weird 
hoodie things, I guess, but it wasn't the hood. It was just the, what do they call it? I forget what they call it in Amber. They have a funny name for it, but, um, things were going okay there. Um, my grandma, I loved her to pieces. She taught me my ABCs. She taught me how to count to a hundred. Uh, I think I was working on reading all by the time I started kindergarten. Um, so unfortunately for my educators, I was well ahead of the curve and I was bored and I was not behaving. Um, it is what it is, right? Um, I think by the end of kindergarten, they'd started testing me to see what kind of levels I was at. And by the time I was in second grade, they had me mostly pulled into special classes because I was not a good anything else, sir. Okay, I needed to be working, I needed to be challenging my brains, or I was going to be challenging your limits, right? I needed to challenge my brain and be focused, or I was going to focus on challenging your limits. And I would find them, too. I was kind of one of those. Um, and it's funny now to work with kids who are like that and to just totally see that pattern in them and be able to just help them. Like, that's so wonderful. It ended up being such a blessing in later years, right? But as a kid who pretty much most grown-ups seem to hate, not great. Um, also, still didn't have good socializing skills, right? So I'm not making friends. And if I am talking to one someone, I'm probably just fighting with them. Like, it's not good. Um, but... At least in this home that I was in sometimes, between all the bouncing, um, they did love me there. And um, at different times throughout some of my later years, before they, uh, well, at different times, uh, anytime I was reunited with them and returned to them for some time, maybe it was like a spring break or a holiday or my birthday, um, they were kind of the sounding grace. Like they were the moment I needed to recharge and feel happy and feel hope. They had such high hopes for me and I hope I've lived up to them. Um, my sophomore year of high school, the man I called father committed suicide the day before Thanksgiving. And my senior year of high school, the woman I called grandma, she um, died uh, contingent to a recurring infection that the doctors could no longer slow down uh, in the middle of my senior year. Just a couple of days after my half birthday, so I stopped celebrating half birthdays for sure. Um, other reasons too, but it is what it is. Uh, and then we're going to backtrack to age five to eight still. At the same time, this other moving piece is uh, she had a son who's turned his life around, but at the time he was struggling with um, some drugs. And I think it was math, but he lost his marbles one day and like threatened to. To just, I think he's threatened to like stab us all or something, but not kill us, just like stab us, just like prove a point or something. Which I shouldn't say this like it's funny, but he was definitely methed out or something. Uh, and it was butter knives. So all she did was laugh at him um, and talked him down. Um, and I think that was the end of his drugs, right? Like he really just like had a bad trip. And um, which, as a drug addict, former drug addict, whatever I am, um, I can tell you like that happens. Bad trips happen. Uh, I did never threaten anyone, but he is the most gentle man who I think had never tried to threaten anyone previously and never threatened anyone again. He turned his life around. He's so amazing. I love him. Um, and But unfortunately, I think my mom flipped out, uh, which is interesting considering all the other things that had happened in my life, but this was the one time my mom was like, oh, this can't, can't handle this. It's so terrible. Won't have my daughter here, etc. So the third place she also had me flipping in and out of was um, a daycare center run by a man. 
an unwedded man who had just one daughter who was a couple years older than me. I think all in all there were about probably eight of us kids there from time to time. Um, only a few of us also slept overnights like myself sometimes. It depended. Um, I think it got better once my next brother was born. Uh, she, my mother seemed to like him a lot more. Kept him around a lot more. So usually let me come home more too. Um, but um, there was a lot of blanks and questions about that man in that house. Um, I don't remember a lot of specific interactions with him. Um, but I do remember um, the way my brain would go blank. Which we've talked about my brain going blank before. It's not good. Um, it's not good. Um, it usually, yeah, and I know that there's some therapists who claim that they can make blanks come back. Um, I don't want these blanks back because the things that I do know about this house and about this man and about the way my changers behaved after being in this house off and on for years, um, I would be extremely surprised if there was not a fair amount of sexual abuse in that home and I would be extremely surprised if because um, I do remember some things about what his daughter did and said and taught us and did with us um, I would be extremely surprised if for some reason he had nothing to do with that and had no idea about that um, and hadn't done horrible things to her first but I'm again I'm not going to give you any specific details of that uh, I would just say um, in my personal experience obviously combined with my professional assessment and even an objective assessment of that situation um, and what came of us particularly of me after but also a lot of us during um, I'm going to go with that was not good is not good at all um the only uh, yep we're not giving specifics i can remember one incident with him that helped really confirm some suspicions in my head but it doesn't matter i suppose i'm i can't explain it because i told you i'm not going to be explicit um what i do know is that um i definitely um uh, made some poor choices with boys um after that which um, I think literally by age eight, I had a, uh, seven, maybe they had taken one of my notebooks. Someone had taken one of my notebooks and wrote all these horrible, um, sexualized evil things about me, basically, um, in this book, um, that weren't exactly untrue given my conduct. Um, and, and I believe that these girls are girls who were at this house with me who would know things. Um, who had also had probably, because it's the same neighborhood, had found out about some other things I had been mixed up in. And again, it's so weird to tell you this without giving you any specifics, but I'm sure you can start filling in some blanks, right? If you've ever seen Law and Order SVU, the signs were all there, right? Like, it was not good. Um, and it's going to be the last thing I close on, and I'm sorry, that's so weird. It's not the weirdest, but, like, it sucks to end you here. But, like, these are some of the darkest things I could think of, um, for, like, my early childhood age zero to eight primary education formative years of your life um 
the last thing that happened before I left that neighborhood, um, but actually there was this boy, one of the boys I was involved with seemed to get in a fight with another boy I was involved with. By the way, I'm still age 8, one of these boys is also roughly age 8, one of these other boys is probably like 13, um, and we were leaving the bus one day, and the older one, who I think was in middle school, had come there, and we knew that we knew that he was after us, I think, and we took off, um, and unfortunately, I made it away, but the other boy tripped, or some combination of, I think it was when he tripped that he hurt his face, but it, the other boy was chasing us and throwing rocks, and we were running as fast as we could, and he tripped, and he ripped his face open, I think it was 15 staples, and I don't think we were friends ever again, for logical reasons, right? But um, after this, after all this nonsense and all this drama and all these things, um, like there's this one time I used to bike upwards of a mile or two away from home because no one was looking for me anyways. And one time I got hurt on my bike, and so I had to drag myself, like sit on my bike, half push myself as close to home as I could get. And I remember this other time where someone who recognized me saw me so far from home and got mad. And I couldn't explain why I would be so far from home, but home was not a place I wanted to be. Home was not a place I should have been. It's not these homes, right? So after all this just happened, and I could tell you so much more, all the signs were there. There were so many signs there, and so many adults who I think just weren't aware enough, or perhaps honestly didn't get enough time with me, because I was bounced around so much, in addition to adults that weren't trained uh, like professional adults at schools who weren't trained to to help me um to notice things to try to make a difference they had as far as i can gauge no idea about all the things that were happening at home or not really home right we've been over that home but not home all these places i was um there was one time i s kept sneaking into summer school who does that what kid literally sneaks into summer school me. I snuck into summer school. I wanted to go. I didn't want to be home. There's food. There's people. It's good. Summer school was better than going home. And within a few days, they couldn't find a good enough reason to keep me, basically. I don't really think they needed funding. I didn't really need to learn. But they did. They sent me home. No one the wiser. No one thought twice about it. And things like that are things I hope I never do. Like, I hope that if there's a kid who shows any of the signs that I showed as a kid, um, that I catch it and I do what I can to help. Um, not to knock on the adults in my life. They all have their own stories, right? And I've defended them adequately. I think they all have their own stories just like I have mine. Um, so there we were, zero to eight, and next thing we know, well, I'm alone. And uh, raising myself from that point did not go very well. So what do you think? Would you believe me if I told you about the darkest hours of my childhood?